Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell, and you're listening to my podcast, Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. In this series, I interview my favorite women on their topics of passion in an effort to connect us so that we remember that women supporting women is our greatest strength. I want to live in a world where women build each other up instead of tear each other down. And this podcast, in addition to the in-person women's circles I lead, are my offering towards this vision. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I am interviewing Grace Millsap. She is a lover of life, a brain science geek, and a passionate advocate for all forms of health, for all forms of people. She offers dynamic yoga classes in Charlotte, North Carolina, leads retreats worldwide, teaches a wide variety of workshops, and she's in awe that life can be this grand. Her spunky fire is guaranteed to uplift, support, and maybe even make you giggle as she guides you through her creative sequences. Today, Grace is going to talk to us about living your best life in that if you only had one shot, how would you do it and how some things don't work out exactly as we planned them to. Welcome, Grace. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you. So before we launch into her um, well-timed topic, it's always good to talk about how to live your best life. We'll just take a few moments to connect with one another and then anyone else that's listening by just taking a few deep breaths. So take an inhale through the nose and exhale out the mouth. Just a couple more like that to create the space together. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. And may each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Grace, what is your favorite thing about being a woman? Ooh, my favorite thing about being a woman is that it's our time. You know, like we've spent all this time hearing that, you know, we were second place and we were, you know, um, living the lives of our men. And now it's like, no, like it's us. We're, we're coming through strong and fierce and loving and it's amazing. Nice. I love that answer. (laughs) So usually I ask people to sort of tell their story. But what I'm inclined to do with you today, and you can just share whatever feels relevant, is tell me a little bit about how you thought things were going to (laughs) go. Like, what was your plan for your life? Yeah, um, when I was a kid, I had all sorts of big dreams. Um, For a while, I think I wanted to be like every kid, which was to be a veterinarian. And then I learned what that really meant. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I just wanted to play with puppies, but that's not the case. Um, And and then I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be in movies and TV and you name it, whatever. Um, I was obsessed with the Academy Awards and any sort of award show like that. I would stay up all night. I would have my mom's permission to stay up till like midnight and watch it. Um, And then I became interested in psychology. I, um, 
realized, or I guess I already knew, always knew that I um, was smart and I got good grades and I was like, you know, I, I need to go to school and I need to get a good degree and do this. Uh, so I wanted my PhD from probably about, I don't know, 14, 15. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, a really young age. I was really interested in criminal psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, or more often, I guess, how the mind um, doesn't work when it kind of breaks down and we go down those dark, seedy paths. I was really fascinated by that type of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, yeah, I went into college to get psychology degrees and to get my master's and Ph.D. And I really wanted to be um, one of the first people in my family to graduate, but I was a little younger, so I needed to do it a little faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I was on the fast track to uh, living this big, fancy psychologist of criminals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Grace and I met in a yoga and psychology training. So yep. that's fitting. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I work in mental health also. So you did what was your what was your degrees in? So I went to Appalachian State here in North Carolina. It's mm-hmm. in the mountains. And I got a psychology degree. And I did it in three years because I was, um, the high school I went to had a bunch of really nice programs. So I was able to get a year ahead and I just, so you were on the fast track. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it sounded really cool. And at some point it almost made me sound like I was like better than some people, you know? And I really felt like I was doing it because it like made me sound cool. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I just met you and you know, I'm going to graduate. I was actually trying to do it in two and a half. But um, I decided to take a summer off. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just thought it sounded really cool to graduate college at the age of 20 and to, you know, surpass people. <laughs> yeah. That it, it kind of sounds bratty now. But at the time, it sounded really cool. Mm-hmm. That's um, how I originally became a vegetarian. I was yeah. like, that just sounds like a cool thing to say. <laughs> yeah. In this, like, snotty way. I'm yeah. graduating in two and a half or three years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Then I learned to back it up with research and and actually give good reason for it. So did it shift for you in terms of your reasoning for kind of pushing ahead so quickly like that? You know, I pushed ahead so quickly that it was done before I really had a chance to (laughs) reprioritize. Right. Okay. (laughs) I was, you know, barely, I think, two months into 21 and had a college degree and then didn't really know what was next. Um, I felt like I'd been pushed so much in my life to complete college and then I did and then it's like, okay, now what? And they're like, I don't know. Now you're on your own. I was like, huh, huh, crap. I probably should have taken my time. (laughs) Right, right. I should have, you know, done a little more exploring. Uh Um, But yeah, when I graduated college, um, I was dating a guy and we had this big, crazy experience um, to where we almost broke up and we decided that we were going to try and make it happen. We'd been together since I was like 15. So when you're, you know, 21, it's like your entire life is, you know, flashing before you. Yeah. So we ended up moving um, together to Charlotte. Um, Actually, it was 2003, which seems like a lifetime ago. Um, And we just tried to make it work. He was a musician. So I um, put everything I wanted on hold to help him follow his dreams. His seemed a little more um, attainable at the time and a little more concrete and obvious. Mm-hmm. I knew I just wanted to go to grad school. 
Um, yeah. And while yeah. I was in college, my um, attention kind of shifted from the criminal realm to being really interested in neuroscience, uh, which is the psychology mind that you know of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at some point it kind of shifted. Um, so yeah, I, I spent, I don't know, maybe five or six years um, bartending, managing restaurants, traveling with him, just really doing whatever, having no real real ambition and not really wanting one. <laughs> and it was kind of fabulous. Um, but then that kind of, I guess it was really the, the student loans, like calling me every day. It was like, wait a minute, like I have a degree. I was smart or I am smart. Um, they want me to pay all this money and I'm not using it. So um, I actually answered the phone call to the student loan people one day and they um, started talking to me about if I just paid them off for like nine months, I could go back to school. And I was like, oh, school was a time in my life that I felt that I was happy. Like stuff made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I decided to, you know, pay them off and go back to school. And I went to UNC Charlotte and got a another bachelor's in biology. Because it had been, um, been almost 10 years since I was in school. Or, well, it had been since high school. Um, so I guess almost seven. And I realized that, you know, a lot had changed in the science world. Mm-hmm. The, uh, whole, uh, discovery of the human genome and it being cataloged had happened. <laughs> so I thought if I wanted to study the brain and be involved in science, I needed to go back and start with the basics that had changed maybe a lot since I had been there. So you just uh, went around collecting degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, That's well, good. It makes sense. Um, So, yeah, I went and got a biology degree. And then from that, I kind of stumbled into my scientist job, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really random and amazing, or it was at the time at least. Um, But I got an internship um, at the North Carolina Research Campus, which is a bunch of campuses in North Carolina all got together and created a lab about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte. And their focus was on nutrition. Okay. And I started working for a neuroscientist who was doing research on memory and brain development. And it seemed to kind of fit all the things I'd been somewhat dreaming about in this pretty little package. And I just kind of walked into it. I um, got the internship. And then at the end of the internship, they needed somebody. And because I already had a college degree, I fit what they needed. And they were paying you. So you got moved into a paying job. Yeah. <laughs> More importantly. Right. Oh and utilizing all those degrees and all the studies and all the smarty pants things you were doing. <laughs> and it made so much sense yeah. at the time. So I actually finished my second degree. I think I had like a lab and a class left, but I started working part time for the lab. And then when that was over, I ended up getting a, you know, the big time cushy position with, you know, benefits and vacation and health insurance. And, you know, it was, you know, the American dream. You're like, oh, I've got all these things and I'm, you know, doing what I want. Um, And so I decided I was going to apply to grad school after that. It was natural. And I'd applied. No, no, this is the first time. Okay. I was like, did I apply before? No, I just talked about it. Um, So I applied and I didn't get a single interview. I didn't get like a second look. It was all just no's, 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 no's. Mm -hmm. So at this point, the journey is starting to look different than you originally thought. It was just starting to be soul crushing, really. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
because I thought it was just going to be this easy path because right. it's what I wanted. So, of course, I'm going to get into the grad schools I want. And I only applied to, like, the top programs. And I think I only applied to, like, three or four, and they recommend you apply to way more and to have backups. And I was like, no, I'm getting this. It's mm-hmm. my destiny. This is what I'm supposed to do. It's just going to magically happen. Right. <laughs> it didn't. And it was like, ugh, okay. back to the drawing board. Um, And at some point in those um, times off where I was just doing whatever I wanted, I started doing a little bit of yoga. Mm. It seemed to be this bridge. Um, I got into yoga because I was um, in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I'd gone, I was a dancer and gymnast and um, cheerleader all throughout high school. And my body just hurt every day, like cracking and popping. And I'd heard of this yoga thing and was like, oh, let me try it out. And what I realized is I felt really good after. Um, so I started to think about the neuroscience behind that and wanting to put numbers and results and quantifications behind it. So that was the springboard for my grad school applications is I really wanted to learn that side. Mm-hmm. And this was, I don't know, five years ago. This is the second time around. This is the first time. Oh, okay. When- yeah, yeah. Before you met me, I had applied once. I think mm-hmm. I after I met you. It's all it's all fuzzy now at this point, but it it was so traumatic then. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I decided, well, I still want to learn, and maybe I should learn a little bit more about this yoga thing. That I want to learn the science. Maybe I should learn the yoga side, the ph- philosophy, and you know what they're really doing, not just what I feel. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for yoga teacher training. Um, it was with a teacher that I had taken class with before, but it was in her own studio. And it was apparently a different style than anything I'd ever done before. And I was actually clueless to the fact that there were different styles at the time. I, um, <laughs> it's really an awful story in hindsight, but like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this, this life savings that I've, you know, worked my butt off to amass and let me just like throw it at you and not really know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. You have a training. It's, it must be only one type and one kind, right? Here I go. <laughs> it's all the same. This yeah. lady, let me, let me just give her, you know, $3,000 that I've uh-huh. worked with her, and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, um, that's, that's, it ended up fantastic. Um, Oh, excellent. So it worked yeah, out. It did. It, I'm, here I am. Um, yeah. So I went through the training and, um, went back to normal life and, you know, realized that there was some major cracks in my relationship, realized that there were cracks in my job. My um, boss was this amazing, brilliant lady who didn't go back to even get her bachelor's until she was 40. So she was this huge inspiration for me of, okay, so I didn't get into grad school. So I'm 30. So I haven't done this, but you know, she's living her dream. It just took her longer. Who cares? It can happen. Mm, Right. But the thing is, she was miserable. Like, miserable. Like, she would go fabulous places to, like, Bali, Vietnam, Korea, China, and do talks on her research. It was angry. And, like, wouldn't speak to us. and wouldn't, like, just wasn't enjoying it. And it started to kind of seep in a little bit to me. Like, all right, you know, what's happening here? Mm Mm-hmm. And at one point, I applied to grad school again. Again, nothing. <laughs> and it was it was tougher the second time around hearing no. So I'm curious at any point, 
did you say, okay, maybe this is not supposed to happen? Or did it just make you want to try that much harder? Cool. It was, it was a little of both, you know, I went through feeling like, you know, this is never going to happen. Like, who am I to think that I can be like these people? And then there was like, another factor that's like, no, like you have something to say, you, you deserve, you know, whatever it is you want. But yeah, it was starting to creep in that. Did I really want to go through all that and be miserable? I could be miserable without it. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> well, because what's coming up for me is this idea. And sometimes it's this, you hate hearing this when you're in the thick of it, but this concept of everything happening for a reason. Oh, yeah. Um, it just, the, I just had to be pushed a little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you weren't going down without a fight. <laughs> no, no. I still, I um, started doing my own study. Um, my boss was nice and let me um, do all the work. I didn't get paid for it. I had to do it all off the clock, but I did the whole process going to get it approved, doing the research, finding participants. Like I completed my entire study. Um, wow, that's great. And what's interesting is it really came at this time that I needed it. I remember I'd done all this work. I was just down in this hole, like feeling like nothing was going right. Everything was wrong. I was living by myself and was just like, ah, and I got this email from the IRB and they were like, your study's been approved. And I was like, oh, this is right. Again, this, I'm on the right path. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. So and was, was this researching the yoga piece like you mentioned? Yes. This okay. Was looking- at the electrical activity of uh, people who are experienced yogis, so mm-hmm. who had just for five years or more consistently, and then people who had never really done it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, <laughs> we oh. to the main events, um, my lab lost um, a million-dollar grant. Um, it was something my boss and all of us had really worked for years to get and to achieve and to make happen. And then the company that was sponsoring it was reorganizing and they just pulled all their new sites. No questions, no, just sorry, our money's gone. Good luck, figure it out. Um, so because of that, my boss had a big decision to make to where she had to lay off um, half her lab. Um, wow. Yeah. And it wasn't an easy decision. And, you know, we all kind of knew it was coming and we knew things weren't going well. And I really started to think about it um, before I had a talk with her because I'd been with her the longest um, at the time. I think I'd worked for her, um, including the internship, a little over five years. So I knew everything like I if she needed to know where something was, she asked me for it. Like if she needed to know why we did something two years ago, I knew the answer. Like I knew the studies and what she was doing inside and out. Yeah. Um, But I started to think about it. And the other people who were in my lab, one of my friends and coworkers, she had just had a baby. Um, She's the type that needs like she's very type A and needs the structure and And I started to think about if she had to make a choice that, you know, she should keep her instead of me. Um, Because this girl did a lot more of the behind the scenes paperwork. And I had no interest in that. (laughs) So did you voice this to your boss? Did you say, hey, I've been thinking and. Um, After. So we had a talk Mm -hmm. um, to where 
she was letting me know that she was going to let me go. And I was like, I support that decision. I, you know, it's like, I think that, you know, it is my time to go. And we even had the talk. She's like, you know, you're doing all these yoga things and I've taken your class. I've seen how you light up when you talk about it. And I really think that as hard as it is for both of us, that you're going to be a lot happier without this lab. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So she was giving me her blessing and her, you know, pushing me out of the nest. (laughs) Yeah. What was that moment like for you? Ooh, it was, I mean, I'm sure I cried. I did a lot of crying, um, yeah. trying like the in between, I think there was like two months in between when I knew and when it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was hard, like trying to like keep my head up and like know and plan and, and see. And, but yeah, her saying that to me, um, was definitely validation in that all roads were kind of leading me here. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself like, leaving work early or coming in late because there was a class that needed to be taught. And I really immersed myself in all different trainings. I mean, I came out to California by myself. Only time I've ever been to California. I know. I remember you'd never put your feet in the Pacific Ocean. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that trip and training was this big step for me as well. And this was well before I even knew that I was going to be a full-time yoga teacher. Right. But yes, all roads were leading there. I mean, it sounds like everything was sort of aligning for you to feel okay to take that leap. I mean, you know, as okay as possible, not that there weren't tears and doubts and fears, but yeah. What's even crazier is I, I had my 200 hour and I wanted to start to work towards my 500 Mm -hmm. and my teacher, Katie Silcox had just come out with a teacher training program. And I was really interested in continuing to study with her. Um, And she had, it was supposed to be a two week or three week thing. And it was starting at the beginning of July of last year, 2016. And I think I signed up for it like day one. Like it was live maybe in December. And I was like, I'm doing this. Like Mm -hmm. I was saving my vacation days. was like, I really feel strongly about this. Like I don't need all these little excursions. I just want to go spend a couple weeks somewhere exotic and really dive into the teachings. Um, and it just so happened that day one of that trip that was planned like six, seven months in advance was day one of me being unemployed. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, I remember seeing this on social media because you were somewhere like, I wanted to say the Bahamas, but it wasn't. Where was it? Yeah, I was using the hashtag. I just got laid off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but where were you? In Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Okay, yeah, I knew it was somewhere cool. And I, I felt excited and like like a sense of freedom for you because I'm like I'm sure that's really scary but how freaking cool (laughs) yeah because for once like I couldn't it was like it's pointless for me to plan anything before I leave yeah so for once I could put everything aside and just be like well whatever's gonna happen in this two weeks or whatever's gonna happen when I get back is gonna happen when I get back (laughs) I'm gonna be out of the country like Sorry, there's nothing. And it was great. It was liberating and terrifying because it's like, here I am wanting to like have everything perfectly lined up, but I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was great. So tell me about this topic or the topic um, title because you said if you only had one shot and you said it's an Eminem song, which I'm actually not familiar with the lyrics. So, So talk a little bit more about that. 
Yeah. Um, so when I was sitting, um, I actually went up to the mountains uh, a couple of weeks ago just to kind of clear my head and um, answering your question that coming up with the topic was like the first thing I wanted to figure out. Um, and I just started thinking about it and um, I'm very big into music and a lot of his lyrics like really speak to me just because he, you know, was coming up from nothing. Like he was in this not so great part of the country and he had this dream and, you know, all these things are against him and he just kept trying. So, yeah, um, the lyric is if I only had one shot, one opportunity, one moment to make it all happen, um, would I, um, screwing it up, but it's like, would I go for it or would I let it slip? And that's just been really motivating for me. Like, okay, all these things that I've been through, all these failures, all these almost and maybes have really led me to now. And like we were talking about earlier, my path to being a grad student was not easy. I mean, it was impossible. It didn't happen so far. Um, I haven't quite given up on it yet. But um, but this yoga path, things have kind of seemed to fall into place. Um, it's still not easy <laughs> by no means. Um, yoga teaching's a, a hustle in, <laughs> in and of itself. Um, but it's my hustle. So rather than doing someone else's work for years or trying to make someone else look good or cover their own ass, like I'm doing it for me. And it's such a liberating thing, but it's also terrifying. Yeah, it seems like you're living on that edge, that edge of freedom and um, of fear, and that they almost have that same energy to them. The the oh. freedom has like this lightness, and the fear kind of just makes you feel a little uneasy, but in a excited way. I don't know. Yeah, it is, and it seems like again, just like that um, that notification of my study, the opportunities I need seem to come to me when I need them the most. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, I'm starting to doubt, and it's like, you get that one email, like, you know, from you, like, hey, let's talk. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Somebody wants to hear my story. <laughs> I know, it's so fun when we get those little, um, I don't know, they're little signs from the universe, I guess. Little fist bumps from the universe. Right, I like that. So <laughs> did you get to complete your study on the yoga? Did you get to, to gather the data and... So my part's completely done. Uh -huh. I 100% completed everything before I left. And her promise to me <laughs> was that she would finish it. Uh, and it has not been finished. Oh, so, and what's required for it to be finished? She has, so it's this whole big system that she was training me on from beginning to end. Uh -huh. And we never got to the end part, which is the running and the analyzing of the statistics. Oh, like the SPSS stuff? Is that what they still use? Yeah. Uh, I think she uses SPSS. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm dating yeah. myself perhaps, but that's what we used when I was learning all of that, which was never my thing, by the way. It was just a required class. I suffered through that class. <laughs> yes. Very. I did great. That was awesome. Just get there, there's the dog cue. <laughs> yep. He's like, I don't like statistics either. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, so it was just mainly the taking of the raw data and turning it into something usable. Right. And okay. I, I mean, I understand some statistics. I've taken the classes. I got decent grades in them. But yeah. um, it was using this particular way of looking at brain data. Um, and I had done all the other steps. It's all sitting in this lovely little database somewhere. <laughs> so to be continued, maybe we will see Grace's study come out in sometime in the near future. If anyone is listening... That wants to finish it up. No. <laughs> Data, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
So I'm curious about, I mean, other than yoga, which sounds like very much intersected this whole path of everything that you're going through, what are the some what are some of the things you would have missed if you really like stayed on that straight and narrow path or just, you know, weren't open to the the avenues that were sort of um coming your way? Yeah, well, <laughs> my friend who still works for um my old job's not too too happy with life, but okay. she's working. <laughs> yeah, so you'd be still there, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it was a really big blow to my boss to lose that, and it really affected her, which is understandable. So I think it's just kind of had an impact on everybody since then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's funny. So I had, you know, some little notes that were written to myself of things I wanted um, out of life. And one of them was to get paid to travel. Um, that was the most alluring thing that my boss did to me was Mm -hmm. she got paid to go to these great places and talk about something she's passionate about, but then gets to travel. Um, but yeah, I've actually had that opportunity a few times now as a teacher. So I'm like, well, there's that one. I've gotten that. So I think it's really just, it's been a perspective shift of everything I've ever wanted is still possible, just not in the way that I first saw it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you had to let go of the specific story. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of stories. (laughs) (laughs) I know we're so, we're such a good storytellers. (laughs) Yeah. I realized that there were so many ways and labels that I defined myself. And one of them was by my job. Again, it was that it sounds cool to say I'm a scientist and it does like there's this especially when I first got it, I was like, Oh, like I'm in this field. I'm a a woman in science and like, it's not common. So it just sounded cool. It made me sound, you know, again, like my pinkies up. (laughs) So then it's like, okay, I don't have this label anymore. So how do I define myself? And even now I'm like, okay, well I say I'm a yoga teacher, but uh, more than that, I've really found my voice and found, how to express my my stories that I'm not attached to, but a way to help others. Because I've been through a lot of experiences. I've failed. I've climbed back up. I've tried new things. I've, you know, tweaked my vision. And it's it's all good. It all works. It's all the same. Yeah. What would you say is your your style or the way that you present yoga currently? I know we're always evolving, but what's what's your your current work? Yeah, um, I learned under the broad field of Tantra, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, the all encompassing, it's all good, the good, the bad, the the behind the scenes, like it's all part of the beautiful experience of life. Um, And within that, I have been in the um, para yoga lineage. So my teacher, both my teachers are direct students of Raj Stryker. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then he's the direct student of the head of the Himalayan Institute, um, Pandaji. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very rich and direct lineage, which, again, I kind of stumbled into. <laughs> and I'm yeah, really that's awesome. Yeah, I almost, I would have been at um, a studio that um, teaches the same sequence, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I appreciate that. I still go to that sometimes when I really need to work some stuff out. But I wouldn't have gotten the rich field of knowledge that I've obtained. Like, I mean, she really looks at the science of yoga is what I was lucky enough to step into, which was exactly what I needed. <laughs> yeah, that's what you we're drawn to in the first place, right? 
Yes. Yes. And again, not knowing the differences, I felt extremely lucky to have actually found what I needed. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. If you're just like, here, take my money. I have no idea what I'm doing. You got pretty darn lucky. (laughs) Yeah, I I think about it all the time when I talk to other people and what they got out of their 200 hour. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right. I think that's something that not everyone knows if they're not steeped in the yoga world, um, that there's just, there's a lot of varietal, like a lot of variety in, in what you can receive and some better than others, of course. Yeah, and it's all good. It's all good knowledge, but sure. like you really broke down how to intelligently sequence. So looking at the energetics of the pose, looking at the doshas, looking at Ayurveda, looking at like the grand scope of who we are in this moment and how it changes and then how we can adapt our yoga practice to where we are. It's like, oh, yeah. So I shouldn't do like 10 wheel poses at 10 p.m. at night and expect to sleep. That makes sense. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, and then it sounds like with all of that knowledge from all the different aspects, you really create something that has the ability to shift and change people so dramatically. That is the goal, for sure. It's a practice that's changed and affected me, and I just want to be able to share it with others and on the physical and non-physical planes, for sure. The transformative aspect. Yes. Well, I'm curious if you have anything else that you want to share, and and I'm also wondering in the vein of if someone's out there drudging through life and not knowing what the next thing is, or maybe getting doors closed on them um, again and again, do you have anything to say to them or any any little thing that really helped you move through that? Fizgig has things to say, which is true. So get a dog. Get a dog. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Dogs help everything. Um, being serious and kidding and being loud. Uh-huh. Um, good boy. you got a lot to say. Um, yeah, so get a dog and then just keep going. Um, as much as it sucks and as shitty as life feels sometimes, like I've totally been there. I've been where I don't want to get out of bed. I've been where, like, I don't see the point in my life. I don't understand why I'm here, what I'm doing. Like, but just to get up and to keep going, to put on, I mean, I don't think everyone should have to smile and pretend that they're not okay, but it's worth, it's worth it to pick yourself up to a somewhat manageable level. Mm -hmm. Doors closing are are blessings, even when they don't feel like that. (laughs) Even when they, like, break your faith as they're closing, break your heart, like, keep going. Yeah, at least get up and put on some yoga pants and go to the mountains, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. There's always, there's always a way. Everyone's got different ways, different things they connect to. And I guess it's finding that mm-hmm. has been really important to me because I didn't always have that. I didn't have that connection to what's inside or even what's outside. I just felt like I was alone. But knowing that you're not is huge, <laughs> even yeah. if it's just a brief second a brief blip on the radar of your day. That one breath can turn it all around. Mm. All right. Well, there's the line we end on. That one breath can turn it all around. (laughs) So true. So beautiful. Um, I just want to ask you some kind of fun questions. What's your favorite yoga pose? Oh, that changes. Um, Right now, I think the Oh, no, we'll we'll stick. My my least favorite is also my favorite. And it really (laughs) is half pigeon. Um, I really check in with myself on those, like the days where life is great. It's the easiest pose in the world. And I have to be there for a while to like get to a place. 
to where I can be in sensation. And then the days where I'm like out of my mind and nothing's going right, it's so uncomfortable from the first second. And it's really like my meter, my gauge, my barometer. Mm-hmm. I do. And, and I'm still, I'm able to stick with it. Like there's some poses I don't hold myself accountable in. Cause I'm like, Nope, this doesn't feel good today. I'm not doing it. But half pigeon, I'm like, no, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to cry if I need to. I'm going to laugh if I need to. And I'm just going to be in it. Nice. <laughs> What's one book that changed your life? Ooh, there's a few. Um, when I was in college, um, Cosmic Trigger, Robert Anton Wilson, um, he really just had this different way of seeing the world. Um, looking, I mean, he go he goes deep into some like weird kind of conspiracy theory, but the way he presents it was really mind opening to me at the time. It really showed me a different way of viewing the world than my growing up in the South. <laughs> had really afforded me before small wow. towns that sounds like we could have expanded on that but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so good that you have access to all different knowledge now <laughs> yes yeah um, I'm a book nerd so yeah I like reading all the time but... awesome yeah same I've never heard of that one though cosmic trigger I'll have to check it out yeah there's there's some weird stuff in there but he approaches it in a very comical and like believe me if you want to manner Cool. Yeah. So you can be a skeptic and still, still read it. He wants you to be a skeptic actually. Like he wants you to look at what he's saying and like see what you get from it. Not just swallow the pill and mm-hmm. go on. Right. And who inspires you? I'm so inspired by just like people that I randomly run into right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my students, um, I had a girl in class the other day who she has lupus and it was her, one of her very first yoga classes and she wasn't sure. And just watching her face, um, actually I had her in a version of half pigeon now that we're still on that topic and it was a deep stretch class. So she was very supported by her props and she just had this look of bliss that like can't be matched. And it actually made me tear up to really see the practices and just something simple land in her in such a profound way like I had they they stayed in that pose a little longer so I could collect myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's something so sweet about the beginner that just gets that moment of like whoa you can feel this way in your body yeah it was it was cool just those little random bits of light in the universe from people I don't even know has been really inspiring lately nice Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm super excited to share it with others. And I know that somebody out there is going to be listening that will take some inspiration. I know I have. Oh, thank you so much for reaching out. It was great to catch up with you. Yeah, have a good one. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Bye.